Hey, 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 welcome back everyone for another episode of Chew the Bible. It is 10.08 in the evening, August 29th, and what's going on, what's going on, what's going on? Today was a great day overall. Um, I hope everyone had a chance to make it to church, whether that was in your house, online, uh, or in an actual old school brick and mortar building, who would have ever thought we would take that for take that for granted? Fortunately, I do go to a church where we are meeting in person. Um, churches are actually exempt from wearing masks, but we are required to at least have the sign up on our door. There are a lot of people who wear a mask, and uh, anyway. That's that's not even I'm I really wish this mask conversation would go away. All this stuff is just getting on my nerves. COVID. I don't know about y'all, but I'm tired of hearing about COVID. Like I have some COVID fatigue going on, but people are saying like this is going we're going to be hearing about this for life. So my prayer is that Lord take the plague away, take it away, Lord, take it away. I mean, only he knows why this is all happening, but I'm tired of hearing about it. Um, so anyway, all right, let's go right into it. There's so much craziness going on. I wanted to read Ephesians 6. Uh, there's been a lot of spiritual attacks going on in our church, uh, starting with our leadership. Just some, I'm not going to go into it all, but just there's a lot going on. And uh, a word a word of um, knowledge that was shared, uh, that was spoken, um, that was shared, yeah, about how um, you attack the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. And so, yeah, Satan and his is in and his demons. They know um, how to go after leadership, and that's whether that's in the house. Um, I dealt with that as a now I'm a single father, and I that's one of the things I failed to recognize is just how we look at these leaders, presidents, or pastors, whoever's in position of leaders, and we're like, oh, I'm not. You know, my role is not this significant. I'm just a dad. No, like your your role is just as significant as a father. Your role as a father is just as significant as it is as the president of the United States or the CEO of a company or yeah, a pastor is the CEO of a church. And yes, the enemy would loves to come after leaders, especially yeah, fathers, pastors, because he knows if he can take you down, then it just breaks down the church unity of the church and it breaks down the unity of the family so anyway um where's i going with that yes so we're gonna uh go ahead and go into ephesians 6 and real quick before we get into joshua chapter 5 and talk about the whole armor of god real fast so i'm just gonna read it and i'll stop at verse uh, yeah verse 20 all right here we go a final word, be, and I'm going to pray as as I read it. A final word, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Yes, Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you have mighty power, Lord. Help us to be strong in you, Lord. Not in our own strength, not in our own ability, abilities, but in you, Lord. Help us, Lord. We put on today, we put on the, in every day, we put on the full armor of you, God, and so that we will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil and his demons and all 
demonic assignments because your word says the devil comes to, in John 10, 10 says the devil comes to kill, steal and destroy. But you came, Lord, that we have life and have it more abundantly. So help us to stand firm against all his strategies. For we not are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Or we we repent for every time we've tried to fight these wars or just complain about, Lord, even me, it's easy to just complain about the situation. Lord, help us to pray, Lord, and fight spiritually by praying and standing your word and quoting your word. This is our warfare, God. These are our arrows that we can fire back at the enemy. And um, so, yes, Lord, we recognize there's a dark world out here, and it's because Satan for a temporary, temporarily has dominion, Lord, but you ultimately rule over him, God. And anyway, I don't know how that fully works and why it's that way, but you understand it, God. Therefore, we put on every piece of God's armor so we will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. This is definitely in the time of evil, Lord. Then after the battle, we will stand and we'll still be standing firm. Lord, we thank you, Lord, we already have victory, that we're already seated in heavenly places, Lord. And we are and we're seated at the right hand, your strong, righteous right hand, God, that gives us victory, victorious right hand. So verse 14, we stand our ground, putting on the belt of truth, not the lies of this world, not the the blurry truth of this world that doesn't make any sense half the time. We stand on your truth, the truth of your word that's been the same yesterday, today and will be forever. And we and the we put on the body of armor of your righteousness, God, or the breastplate of righteousness. Thank you, Lord, for the belt of truth. Help us to recognize your truth once again. Help us to, um, yeah, be guarded. Our breasts are that guards our heart, Lord, with the breastplate of righteousness. And we thank you, Lord. We're not righteous based on any of our works, our own abilities, but what you did on the cross, Lord. That's why we're in right standing with you, God, because no one comes to you to the Father except through your Son Jesus. You say you're the way, the truth, and the life. No one goes to you except through you, and we're only righteous because of what you did on the cross. And we put on the shoes. We put on the shoes of peace, Lord. We need peace during this day. We need peace during this time. Because there's so many things that try to steal our peace, anxiety, fear, worry, money, you name the problem, it's there to rob our peace, God, health problems, um, natural disasters, or we pray for the, the hurricane down in New Orleans right now, it's stealing a lot of people's peace, a lot of people are frantically worried, God, I pray that they would have a place of refuge that they could go to, family members they could stay, uh, shelters that they could go to, Lord. Lord, we um, and just so many crazy things going on in the world, but we know that you are still seated at the right hand of the Father. You're still on the throne, God. You're in control. Give us peace, Lord, every day, and from the good news, so that we will be the good news, God, the gospel that you died for us, God, and this is not our home, Lord. And so we pray, for, we thank you for that, that we will be fully prepared. We will be fully prepared, fully prepared in the name of Jesus. In addition to all these, we put on the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil who shoots his arrows, but they have, they get quenched, they're quenched, Lord. They have no power against us, Lord. We thank you for that shield of faith. Our faith is in you. Our faith is not in this world. Our faith is not in our bank accounts. Our faith is not in our retirement accounts. Our faith is not in insurance. Our faith is not in a husband, a wife, um, you name the thing, the cars, our faith is only in you, God. 
we put our trust in you. When we put all we put on the salvation, a helmet of salvation, God, protect our minds, Lord. We thank you, Lord. All the time Satan wants to try to come in and say that we're not uh, loved, that we're not saved, that um, somehow um, God doesn't, yeah, he's not there for us, that the redemption wasn't real, that it's fake. All the different lies that come in to our mind, Lord, and all the times that we were fearful, Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you are our savior, that you are our savior. We've been saved and, and we're being sanctified every single day. And one day we, we will be glorified. And so we thank you for that helmet of salvation that protects our minds, Lord. And we take up the sword of the spirit. Just what we're doing right now, Lord, fighting with your word, speaking your word out loud, declaring your word, because it's sharper than any two-edged sword devised between soul and spirit, Lord. It heals us and it also dissects, it cuts up the enemy when he tries to come in and just get us off kilter and cause us to be confused and, and, and feel defeated, God. So we take up your word and we just declare the truth of your word. And then we pray in this, Lord, help us to pray in the spirit at all times. And on every occasion, pray that those that don't have the gift of tongues yet, Lord, that just pray in the name of Jesus, they would just begin to um, speak that, Lord, even if it doesn't make sense. Um, just give them that gift, Lord. That's our holy language. It's our, our ability to speak to you. And the enemy can't understand it, can't hear us a direct uh, signal to you, God. And once again, something I don't fully understand, but for those that have been on the fence about that and curious about it, I just begin, even if it starts out like baby battle, they just ba baby babble. They just begin to just go, and they will just begin to speak in tongues, Lord. And um, in this, in, in the spirit of God and, and cause it's, there's speaking in tongues. There's also praying by the spirit, Lord, being led by your spirit. Speaking, praying the way that you want us to pray, praying um, in a way that uh, honors you and glorifies you, God. Um, help us to stay alert and be persistent in our prayers. I pray every way that we've um, lost heart, Lord, and think prayer is not significant. It's even more significant than it's ever been, Lord. We need to be constantly praying, Lord, when we wake up throughout our day and before we go to bed, not just uh, blessing over our food, God. And Lord, um, yes, and praying for all the believers everywhere, especially in Afghanistan right now, where there's a lot of persecution going on. We pray, continue to give them faith, continue to provide them their needs, that they be met, and um, all the resources they need. And Lord, we, Lord, lastly, we pray for our leaders, just like Paul here said. He said, and pray for me too. Ask God to give me the right words so we can I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan that the good news is for Jews and Gentiles alike. So we pray for our leaders, our pastors, the evangelizers, um, that you would give them the words that they need um, so that they can, and, and that they would not be afraid to boldly or discouraged to boldly proclaim those things that need to be said to those that know you and then those that have not made that commitment to you and asked you into their heart, Lord. And then lastly, um, Paul said, I'm in chains now, still preaching this message as God's ambassador. So that so pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. Many of us, many of our pastors, many of our leaders, um, they may not be in physical chains, Lord. There are some that are in physical chains behind bars, preaching in in, in prisons or preaching in different situations, Lord, but a lot of us are spiritually chained, Lord. We're still wearing chains of guilt, uh, shame, past um, mistakes, chains of um, just 
the lies of the enemy that what we're doing is insignificant and that people won't listen and what's the point of doing it or just our pride that kicks in the chain of pride that that kicks in and um that uh is worried about what other people will think or just that they'll laugh at us or think that we're stupid lord or uh lastly the chain of just um that can just be slothfulness or um chain of of a uh, passivity when about the things of the lord and when you prompt us to to be bold, Lord. So anyway, Lord, I, those are all things I struggle with. So I'm sure there's other people that might struggle with those as well. So we pray in the name of Jesus, we bind that spirit, those spirits of passivity, those chains of um, of fear, those chains of uh, worrying about what other people will think. Uh, the, any chains, the depression, Lord, discouragement, we just break that off in the name of Jesus, Lord, and help us to boldly proclaim your word, boldly proclaim those prophetic things that you've told us to speak into people's lives, Lord. And um, yeah, we bind that spirit of Jezebel, the spirit of Delilah, the spirit of uh, Athaliah. They have no place in your church, no place in your in this body of Christ. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. All right, so I could have kept going, but I'm just gonna stop there uh, and go on and get into Joshua. I just felt the need to do that because there's so much going on in this world right now, and locally in my own church. So I'm actually pumped and excited to. Um, make it to the prayer meeting tomorrow at our churches. I get really, uh, I'm realizing just how important prayer is, even more so than it's ever been. So anyway, all right, here we go. We're in Joshua chapter five and talking about the circumcision of the Israelites. When all the Amorite kings across the Jordan to the west and all the Canaanite kings near the sea heard how the Lord had dried up the water of the Jordan before the Israelites until they had crossed over, they lost heart and their courage failed because of the Israelites. <clears throat> wow. Normally, it's crazy because normally what I see a lot right now is the opposite. A lot of us Christians are becoming discouraged. And at the things that are going on. And in, anyway, like, this is how it should be. We're the ones that are encouraged. We're the ones that are pushing back the enemy. And and um, anyone that's against the agenda of what Christ is trying to do is just like, wow. Like, they get discouraged. They're the ones losing heart. <laughs> and they're the one that's like, hmm, we should maybe, not just maybe, we need to stop doing what we're doing and join what they're doing. So learn more about their God. So that's my prayer for the church, um, his church going forward. Uh, I'm write that in here. This is how the church should be today. Do it, Lord. <laughs> I just like to write little notes in my Bible. Later on, I'll, I'll appreciate it. Let's see, what did it say? Yeah, 829. And you'll appreciate it, too, when you do it. Write names in here. Just make it your own. I think I told y'all before, I was afraid to write in this thing when I first got it because it was so purdy. And it was the Tony Evans Bible, and I spent a lot of money on it. Uh, and so it's like, hmm, do I really want to write in this thing? Maybe I'll get a cheaper Bible just to write in. I was like, nope, I'm going to write in this thing. All right, so verse 2. At that time, the Lord said to Joshua, make flint knives and circumcise the Israelite men again. Again? A second time. Oh, boy. Wow. Okay. 
it's funny because we've been talking a little bit about circumcision in with the youth group at my church. And it's always like an interesting subject just talking about the male anatomy, especially with young ladies in the room. Um, it was very um, comforting because I just kind of been today. Today, I just facilitated. I didn't lead the discussion. So it was a lady that led the discussion. So it was felt more comforting, comforting having those words about circumcision come from her, who's a mom. Anyway, yeah, and I didn't have to say it to these not just it'll be it's easy when I'm talking to the guys, but with the young ladies, you know, you just don't want to say something wrong. And then they go back to their parents. You're like, Mr. Nancy said, you know, you know how that goes. Anyway, verse three. So Joshua made flint knives and circumcised the Israelite. We were talking about circumcision of the heart, but you had to explain what circumcision was so they would understand the whole concept of circumcision of the heart. Um, in Galatians, Galatians five or whatever. Anyway, all right, verse three. So Joshua made flint knives and circumcised the Israelite men at Gib Gibeath. <laughs> I struggle with this one. Haraloth. This is the reason Joshua circumcised them. All the people who came out of Egypt who were males, all the men of war had died in the wilderness along with the way after they had come out of Egypt. Along, sorry had died in the wilderness along the way after they had come out of Egypt. Verse five, though all the people who came out were circumcised, none of the people born in the wilderness along the way were circumcised after they had come out of Egypt. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. All right. For verse six, for the Israelites wandered in the wilderness 40 years until all the nation's men of war who came out of Egypt had died off because they did not obey the Lord. So the Lord vowed never to let them see the land he had sworn to their fathers to give us a land flowing with milk and honey. He said this phrase multiple times, like as though it is just, it's just funny when the Bible just keeps repeating itself. That means it's very important. Like how many times have we heard him say repeat that story of why they could not enter the the promised land um anyway he raised up their sons in their place it was these joshua it was these joshua circumcised he raised up their sons in this place and I'm, um it's really cool because Hold on one second, Joshua. Make sure I got that right. One second, one second, y'all. I gotta look at something real fast. Yeah. Yes, because, all right. I always want to say something different. Because I, I always think of my son. I have a son. I have two sons. My younger son, Matthew. His name is Matthew Jonathan, which means uh, both his names mean gift of God. And so it's like a double gift. But Joshua, that's my son, my son, my son, other son, Aiden, my older son, his name is his first name. Aiden means little fiery one. And he's definitely he's been that way since he's a little boy. He's very well mannered. Don't get me wrong, but he he has a lot of energy and he can bounce off the walls like Tigger. This is other, my other little nickname for him. But yeah, it's a little fiery one. But his middle name is uh, Joshua, which is like a, another a Hebrew name for Yehoshua, and uh, which means God is our deliverance. So once again, I don't. Know, the reason why I wanted to bring that up is because um, 
why did I want to bring that up? Because, uh, yeah, here's, here's, here's Joshua and the significance of his name is so significant because you, you see right here, he's living up to his exact name as God is our, God is deliverance. God is deliverance. God is deliverance. So I feel like there was something else I was going to say about that, but maybe it will come back to me as we're reading Tony Evans. There was like, I feel like I had a bigger point than that. But anyway, let's keep going. He raised up their sons in their place. It was these Joshua's circumcised. They were still uncircumcised since they had not been circumcised along the way. After the entire nation had been circumcised, they stayed where they were in the camp until they recovered. Yeah, it's going to take some time to recover from circumcision. The Lord then said to Joshua, today I have rolled. Yeah, it wasn't like our clean, sterile hospitals where, yeah, and you were a baby when it happened. Yeah, these were grown men getting circumcised. Anyway, all right, the Lord are teenagers, um, young adults. The Lord then said to Joshua, today I have rolled away the disgrace of Egypt from from you. Therefore, that place is still called Gilgal today. You know what? I want to look at one more thing. I want to look at one more thing. How old was Joshua? How old was Joshua? All right, so it says here he was probably around 30 to 40 years of age when he helped to spy out the promised land. And then this means that most likely Joshua was 68 to 78 years old when he entered the promised land. Okay, okay. Interesting. So, yeah, Joshua is an older man at this time. Hmm, interesting. All right. That puts a little bit better perspective on this. All right, verse 10, food from the land. While the Israelites camped at Gilgal on the plains of Jericho, they observed the Passover on the evening of the 14th day of the month. The day after Passover, they ate unleavened bread and roasted grain from the produce of the land. And the day after they ate from the produce of the land, the manna ceased. Since there, since there was no more manna for the Israelites, they ate from the crops of the land of Canaan that year. Commander of the Lord's army. When Joshua and remember, I was just thinking the other day, they didn't have refrigerators back then. Like things were way different back then. You had to you were constantly dependent on the Lord, on the Lord for everything, your food, your sustenance, your yeah, all that. All right. Commander of the Lord's army. Verse 13. When Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua approached him and asked, are you for us or for our enemies? Neither. That's a wow. Hold that thought. Neither he neither he replied, I have now come as commander of the Lord's army. Neither. Then Joshua bowed with his face to the ground and worship and asked him, what does my Lord want to say to his servant? The commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, remove the sandals from your feet for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did that. Hmm. There's so much I could say about that, but we're going to go just hop into Tony Evans' notes. And if something else comes into my mind or heart, I'll say it. But just kind of, kind of let that ride. All right. Circumcision was the sign of the covenant between God and the descendants of Abraham. 
even though the men who had come out of Egypt had been circumcised, their children had not. What did God mean when he said today I have rolled away the disgrace of Egypt from you? In Egypt, the Israelites had been slaves, and even in the wilderness, many Israelites were longing to return there. But in the men's submission to the act of circumcision, this disgrace had been rolled back. It signaled that they were finally, truly free. It's interesting that he uses that phrase, rolled back. It reminds me, I just it's the imagery of it makes me think of like Jesus when they went to go, when Mary Magdalene and the disciples went um, to his tomb. I think it was Peter and John, I think, his brother. I don't know. Anyway, they all went to the tomb to look for Jesus and uh, they rolled the stone back and he wasn't there. And then, yeah, I think it was Mary Magdalene thought it, that the groundskeeper was Jesus or whatever, something like that. Anyway, I got to go back and read that story. But yeah, just that imagery of the stole, stone being rolled back and we have our freedom, all of our disgrace is gone, all of our, um, I'm going to write that in here, like the stone of Jesus's grave rolled back. Yeah, all of our disgrace has been rolled back. Similar. Anyway, and we are truly free. Just like the Israelites were free by doing this circumcision, this outward sign that they were set apart. And that was painful to be cut like that as a grown, grown man. You ladies have to bear a childbirth, painful childbirth that y'all didn't have to deal with circumcision. Thank God I only I did it as a bit. Anyway. I could go down. I'm going down a weird rabbit hole with that. All right. One of the great spiritual truths of the New Testament is that believers in Jesus Christ are free from slavery to sin. Though it lures us, we don't have to submit to it. Yet throughout our lifetimes, the devil works to deceive us, to cause us to think and act like we're still slaves to his will. He works to keep us from believing the truth of our freedom because the one who believes that he's truly free might actually start acting like it. If you find yourself falling for his tricks, it's time to ask the Lord to roll away the disgrace of your past so that you can move forward in victory. This is something I have to do all the time. I like one of my favorite quotes is kind of like a it's not a direct scripture quote from the Bible, but it's pulling from scripture. I always quote like um, I have the mind of Christ because um, there's a, tons of scriptures that talk about how we're renewed. Uh, we've been born again. Um, the renewing of our minds. It's, I can't. I can't think of them off the top of my head. But I always to say, I, I'm, I'm the mind of Christ. I've been bought with a the price. There's a lot of scriptures that talk about being bought with a price. We're precious to Him. So anyway, I say that a lot, and I say it a lot because if I don't say it, I'll quickly start. All these lies start coming in. Like, remember when you did that? Remember when you did that? Remember that? But like, look at the situation you're in now. The reason why you're in it now is because you did this, 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 and this. Dumb decisions, right? And it's a lot of like disgrace, a lot of shame, a lot of like it's this prison I can like roll myself back into and like just want to shut the door, just lay down all day and just be depressed. But to stay out of that, I have to constantly war against the enemy and quote scriptures, others like actual other than that, a little short phrase that I say. Sometimes I'll just say like um, that you do not give me a spirit that will cause me to go back into slavery 
I think it's like in Romans five, but but a spirit I have a spirit of adoption by which I cry out, Abba Father. I quote that a lot. Um just like just just anything or just going into the Psalms, just finding scriptures that you can just like um yeah, on my board I have up here, I take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Second Corinthians ten five. Um just whatever scripture that helps you get through it scriptures scripture find them and quote them um find stuff um because otherwise you will be locked in a prison it'd be just like could you imagine seeing somebody like in a prison cell or like yeah just going to a prison cell and like the door is wide open and you look at them like, why are you in there? Like, you know, they told you you don't have to be in there. And like, well, I just feel more comfortable here. Like, this is all I And that's why a lot of they talk about the recidiv- recidivism rates for prisons are so high. Because um, it's hard. Once you get out, it's hard to stay out because there's like a mindset and there's a comfort that comes from being in prison. Anyway, that's another discussion for another day. But that's that can all be applied to our spiritual walk. Um, many of us it's easy to get locked away in that prison. And that's why Satan, he doesn't really have to do a whole lot. His demons don't have to do a lot, a lot. Because once you are just mentally locked there, um, the lies that you're locked in, like he doesn't really have to do a whole lot of work. We do the work for him by just believing lies and being locked away in our own, the prisons of our, in our minds. I, I, I still struggle with that, but by the blood of Jesus, I'm breaking out of it. I'm breaking free. So there's some areas where I know sometimes I'm just like, hmm, God, I got to give this to you because I know I'm locked in fear on this area and I need to know that I'm free anyway. All right. For the last 40 years, God had provided manna, bread from heaven, but then, but uh, yeah, bread for the, for he- from heaven for them to eat. But from this point forward, if they were going to eat, they would have to act on his promises here I see an application to a person's spiritual development. Babies have to be fed, but if you're spoon feeding your twelve year old, there's a serious problem. Similarly, as you grow in Christian maturity, God expects you to exercise increasing responsibility for your spiritual growth. I'm just real quick, I'm doing that, like I'm doing this thing with push ups because my upper body strength I could use more. And I don't really lift weights, but so you know, I've been doing these things with push ups where I started at 25 and I'm slowly building up to a hundred. And so every night and I try to do in the morning or just whenever I just feel the unction to do it and the energy, I'll just do, I'm up to 71 now. And then I'm going to do 72 and then I'll do 73, do 74 and just keep doing until I reach a hundred and I'm going to go back to 25. But my main point in that is like, there's a build up to it and I have to do it every day. And if I take, I mean, you take a little rest here and there, but when I take, if I took a whole day off, and then the next time I have to do 71 or 72 or up to 100, it's harder. And so reading his word, spending time in prayer, um, this is like, this is like getting stronger. It's, it's building you up. Eating on his word is like eating a full cook. And also, if you think about it, to do this type, like that's why it's hard to fast when I'm doing a lot of workouts or any type of running or whatever, um, it's not easy doing fasting and doing this. You need 
food, actual physical food. Same thing with spiritual food to do the things he's called you to do when you're out doing ministry, doing evangelism, um, praying takes a lot. Uh, praying actually takes a lot of energy. Um, people who lead a young, like when I lead youth sometimes and have to share that dra- it's draining to do those things, mentally draining. And so anyway, um, you have to keep feeding on his word and surrounding yourself with other believers and Christians who can also pour into you. And there's a way that they feed you as well um, with words of knowledge, words of encouragement. Um, anyway, that's a whole nother discussion for another day. Many Bible teachers recognize this visitor as an earthly manifestation, manifestation of the son of God. That's all I was thinking. This, this sounds like a Christophany here going on with the angel, the commander of the Lord's army. Uh, why? First, when he recognized that he was outranked by him, Joshua bowed in worship. We are to worship God alone and angels rightly reject worship. Yeah, that makes sense. If that was a regular angel, it would have rejected. Some put cry. Darn it. Why do all my pins go out at the wrong time? Christophany. Christophany. Yes, if that was a regular angel, it would have rejected that. He wouldn't. The angel wouldn't have allowed Joshua to bow in front of him like that. This stranger accepted it as his due, though Joshua didn't understand the uh, trinitarian nature of God. Bust not the SAT words, trinitarian. All right, that is the fact that God is one in three persons. Thank you, Tony, for clarifying that for folks. Uh, in parentheses, he clearly recognized that this was a visible manifestation of the divine presence. Second, the commander told Joshua to remove his sandals because he was standing on holy ground. If these words sound familiar, it's because we have heard them before. As the man who had taken Moses's place, Joshua was having his own burning bush moment, complete with the command to remove his shoes. Holy ground is occupied space. Only God can turn an ordinary place into sacred territory. I was like, yeah, we've heard that phrase before. Moses, he did the same thing with Moses. Told him to take off his shoes, standing on holy ground. All right, let's hop on this uh, Romans road. And then I'm going to do one more episode and get ready for bed. All right. Romans wrote, Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 5.8 says that, But God demonstrated or commended his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And Romans 10.13 says, Whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And lastly, Romans 10, 9 through 10 says that if thou confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So you can simply, if you never ask Jesus into your heart, you can just simply say, Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know my sin deserves to be punished. I believe Christ is the Son of God who died for me and rose from the grave. I want to turn from my sin and trust Jesus Christ alone as my Savior. Thank you for the forgiveness and everlasting life I can now have through faith in Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, y'all. apologize for a little bit longer episode. I've been spoiling y'all with these 15 to even 12-minute episodes. And that one with 35 minutes. But, hey, I 
felt like that was good. So, all right, I'll be right back for one more. <laughs> 